you look at soccer, you know, 30, 30 years old, that's it. I mean, you're, you're still okay, but you're, you're declining. I mean, most sports, but yeah, the longer the distance, because it's not just physical. I mean, you, like, like we talked about, it's not just that it's, there's the mental aspect. There is the experience. There is how you're going to handle the low points. And you can have you can you can be a 220 marathoners, but if uh, because you're used to go fast and you're used to always run, and if you do a hundred mile and you have a low point and you start walking, you're going to think, I'm done. I mean, I, I cannot run, you know, because you've never you've never had that in your life. That, my friend, was Olivier LeBlanc, and this is the Inspiration Runners podcast. Hey everyone, hope you're all well. My name's Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. Great to be back in the flow after a few weeks off. Really enjoyed this off-the-cuff interview with 100 Mile Expert and USA 48-hour record holder, Olivier LeBlanc. Age is really just a number when it comes to long-distance ultra-running. Olivia is highly competitive at the age of 48, although he wouldn't want to admit it. He was lined up with the world's best for Big's Backyard Ultra this year. Real shame it's turned into a satellite event, but it will still make for some interest in dot watching, I'm sure. Before we start, I'd just like to give a shout out to my very own hiking tours company, which is set in the beautiful Mourne Mountains in County Down, Northern Ireland. We cater for all levels of ability to three hour lowland hikes to take it on the bucket list Mourne Wall, which is a beautiful 22 mile hike covering around 9,000 feet of climbing. If you're interested in joining me for a hike or training day, why not check out our Facebook page, Hiking Taunts in the Moor Mountains, or just PM me on Facebook. It's without further delay, I give you Olivier Leblanc. Um, whereabouts are you Hi. located at, at the minute? Uh, I'm in Arlington, Virginia, so DC, Washington, DC. Yeah, so, so um, that's pretty cool though, isn't it? Like this modern day technology that we have. You're just sitting there, well, chilling out in your room. That's pretty much what I've been doing for the past six months, you know, I just work from home. So it's like, like we do all the, you know, all the calls, all the meetings, it's all on the computer. Yeah. Haven't met my coworkers since, I don't know, March, April, whenever it started. It, it sounds like a dream, like, but it's pretty tough, isn't it? To work from home. It, it is. Yeah. The first few weeks you're like, cause you know, initially I was like, oh, it's going to be four weeks, you know, and like, ah, it's fine. It's great. I mean, you work from home, no commute. You know, you wake up, you go for a run, you take a shower, you go back to your sofa, and then you work. Yeah. After a while, like it's nice to see people. You know, <laughs> like I miss the, you know, the just the coffee machine and you know, meeting people on Monday morning. You know, what did you do this weekend? Yeah, the social aspect, but also yeah, the social aspect. Yeah. Also, at the end of the day, you know, when it comes five o'clock and it's time to clock out, you're at home. <laughs> There's no That's separation right. I mean, of like leaving work and going home. You're just at home. Yep. And uh, yeah, some days are just because, you know, you're, I don't know what you do, but I'm like, you know, it's busy and then there's always something broken and you keep working and your lunch break is basically eating in front of your computer. And then it's, you know, it's not exactly five, you know, sometimes they ping me at seven. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, all you have to do is like open the computer and work, you know? <laughs> So it's not like, you know, when you, when you drive back home, you're, you're home, you know, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm gone. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever gone for a run when you're meant to be working? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty flexible. I mean, they, as long as I do my job, you know, I, uh, nobody cares. Um, I mean, so I've done literally no prep again. I'm pretty, 
famous now for being the most useless podcaster for prep. <laughs> <laughs> so what I've done I was, is- you, I was going to ask you, like, you know, is there any topic? You know, I was going to email you like several days ago. They're like, is there something you want to talk about? Because so I can remember what I did. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then I was like, oh, you probably want it free flowing. Well, That's no, it. You can ask me any. I did cheat though. Yeah. I I um I printed off your ultra sign up results. So that was an actual cheat. Um, wow, you did you did some work. Did some work. Literally got off the <laughs> printer there about thirty seconds ago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but no, your your races that you do really attract me, and it's the type of racing that I want to get into. So. This is really a coaching session for me. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll send you an invoice at the end. <laughs> <laughs> How did you start? And we'll unpack this sort of amazing list of um, podium finishes you've got. Like, but how did it all start for you? Like, are we recording now? Or? Yeah, I've been recording from the start. I'm sneaky. Oh way. my god! Uh, and you ask me if I was sometimes I go for a run when I'm supposed to work. I, I was going to stop you, like, I was going to stop you, because, no, I'll, I'll see what he says first. <laughs> you tricked me. Uh, let, let, let me take it back. Uh, no, no, I always work. It's um, a trick question. Yeah. We actually role-played that before we started the podcast. Okay, I'm just kidding. It's fine. Um, yeah, how did it start? So, yeah, if you want to go back to many years ago, uh, back in 2000, 2001, you know, I was... You know, oh no, no, actually, we can go back to way before that in '97. I was in Glasgow in Scotland, uh, working and drinking, and then there was a half marathon there. I was is like, it, okay, is, that yeah. where you, is that where you got your accent? Yeah, exactly. It's my, it's my Glaswegian accent. <laughs> uh, was it the um, Edinburgh half marathon then? Was it that sort of race series that they have on? Yeah, I was in the Iron, Iron Brew, I think it was called. You know, it's like the drink they have over there, like the horrible drink. Oh, I think it's, it's horrible. But... It's meant, meant to be good for hangovers. So. Ah, uh, that's why. Yeah, yeah. So I tried it, you know, I was like, okay, let's do something, not just go to bars and drink all the time. And so I, my goal was to break like 130 for a half marathon. And I tried the first year and I failed. <laughs> quite fast though so, isn't it like 130 what's that it's around six i don't, I don't know it's, it's not that fast six but I yeah it's not that fast not not, not for but, some but if you were just coming out of a bar like and deciding like ah oh, let's <laughs> let's pick yeah 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 i mean I, I did train for it a little bit you know i was kind of training but it's you know i, I was young and the temptation of going out and uh, having a drink. Is... My PB is 131. That's why I'm saying it's fast. <laughs> I didn't. I think I did like 136, 7. I don't know. I don't know. So I was like, okay, next year I'm going to do it. And I tried again. And that, you know, I trained a little bit more maybe. That day it was raining like it always does in Scotland. And uh, that's my excuse. And I didn't break 130 either. <laughs> so... <laughs> So then I was like, okay, running is not for me, so I'm done. But then, uh, you know, a few years later, there was, there's, I mean, in DC, there is the Marine Corps Marathon, which is kind of, you know, you have like 30,000 people doing it. And everybody was yeah. talking about marathon, you know, it's like, it's like the, your bucket list. I was like, okay, everybody's talking about running a marathon. You have to run a marathon in your life. Yeah, I'm going to do it. So I trained, you know, train for it i start uh you know first few miles are good like you know any marathon you know anybody you know you you feel good and then mile 20 my legs died you know it's like 
there, there is a bridge where you cross the river and then you have six miles to go. And then I, I'm on the bridge. I keep start running and you know, I keep running and then I feel a cramp. You know, my legs just cramped. And then I start walking and then I start running again for 10 seconds and the cramp comes back and then I walk and you see people passing you and you feel like miserable, you know. I, mean, death I was like, march. Oh. Death march. yeah, it's a death march, and and you see all the people you passed earlier, they pass you back, you know, and you're, you're like, come on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was. I mean, I, I did the six miles, but it was just like, you know, I start to run, and then I couldn't do it, so I walked, and then I run, I walk, cross the cross the finish line in just under four hours. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I've I've done the marathon, you know. That, that's it. Cross the mark. Because back then it was very much just for people, like a bucket list thing to do, wasn't it? Yeah, exa exactly. I mean, you could hear like uh, all the celebrities, you know, they do a marathon and they're like, oh, you're like, okay, it cannot be that hard, you know. <laughs> it's like everybody's doing it. Uh, so yeah, I, I did that. I did like, I don't know, 355 or something. I was like, okay, it's not fun. I mean, it, it wasn't that fun, you know, when you when you have to walk for six miles and everybody passes you and you feel like, my God, I'm so out of shape. I cannot do this thing. And then I didn't run for years. I mean, for a few years before I um, even thought about running, I was like, good, done it. And then, you know, at the time I got kids. So yeah. you got the so job, well. the job, you know, starting a job, moving, you know, your career, you've got kids. I was good. And then, you know, fast forward a few years where I was doing consulting. So I was traveling all the time. And you basically fly on either Sunday night or Monday morning. You stay in a hotel room for four nights, five nights. And you work a lot, you know. And, you know, I, you work at night, you go back to your hotel. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to get room service. So you order a cheeseburger and fries and <laughs> you work in front of your computer and you eat. And after a few years, I was like, uh, maybe that's not a long-term solution, you know, maybe not the best. So, and, so, uh, sounds very familiar to a lot of us. Yeah, exactly. You're like, uh, you know, it's, you know, you're paid to travel and you're paid, you know, and they pay for your food. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, or at the end of the week, you know, like, what did I do? I just worked and nothing but, else. But there wasn't that much influence around you at that stage either. You know, it's a totally different scene that we're looking at at the minute. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I had, I had no clue about, I mean, the ultra marathon, I had no clue what it was about. I mean, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to try another marathon. I was like, okay, I'm going to try again, you know. What, what age were you then? I was like, th I mean, it was like 2000, so I was like uh, 30 years old. So. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 that one, yeah, I was, no, sorry, that was like, uh, first one was in 2000, so it was like 35, 36, 35, 36. So it was your first midlife crisis? Exactly. I was like, you know, I can't, I cannot keep doing that for another 30 years because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy, but, yeah. you know, if you just work all the time and stay on the sofa and eat and watch TV, probably not long-term, probably not very good long-term. Because the, old, the older you get, that lifestyle gets more tiring, doesn't it? You're coming home, you're just fatigued all the time. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, you, you have kids and at some point you're like, okay, I just want to get away from the kids you know i love them obviously but <laughs> you're like no, what you meant you, to say was you wanted to inspire your kids <laughs> that I'm, i've been trying for the past uh, 16 years but i'm still working on it <laughs> but yeah so I, I was like okay i'm gonna try another marathon and i, I tr this time it 
you know, I went online, I downloaded the, you know, you enter your time, I mean, your age, whatever, your time for the 10K and, and they tell you, Tuesday, you run this many miles at this pace. Wednesday, you run this at this. And I followed the plan, you know, and then um, went out and it went pretty well. I think I, I broke three hours, I think. So, wow. That was amazing though. That was, yeah, that yeah, was your yeah. first it's, marathon back. That was your yeah, second I mean, so marathon. That, yeah, second, yeah. I mean, when you don't have cramps, it's a lot better, you know. Sub, <laughs> when, sub when you can reach is, the, like there's a very small percentage of people that have broken sub three. Yeah, I mean it's okay. It's not you know yeah. when, when come, I see people to come back in your first marathon, you know, like five, six years before, just under four hours, the death march, bad lifestyle, and all of a sudden you want to turn that corner, turn over a new page, write a new chapter. And boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. The three hour for some reason, you know, three oh one would not be good, and two fifty nine is feels good. I don't know. It's <laughs> something. It's a, it doesn't really matter, but you know, when you're running, if you're if you look at the clock and you're like, oh, maybe I can break three hours, you're like, sure, I'm going to try it. So your lifestyle, but, uh, just touch on your lifestyle a little bit. Like, did you have to, did you lose weight or anything, or were you always no, a good no, I, I, I wasn't. No, I was never like out of shape. I mean, I you know. I, I don't watch that much TV, so, but it's just like, if I, you know, you see coworkers or you see people around you and you see people who've been doing it for, you know, years and years and years. And, you know, I've seen people where I'm like, mm, you know, they're 50 years old and they can barely walk. And I, I feel sad, you know, you're like, yeah. you know, I understand people get disease and, you know, there's genetics and everything, but, you know, in the end, we all run or we all try to stay healthy. I mean, that's kind of... Yeah. Yeah, and control goals. what you can control do the best you can like exactly i mean you know i understand you know you could have bad genes or you know something could happen to you you could run over by a car or something but so you know, in the three, meantime the sub three tells me you were very focused when you were going through that training plan yeah 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 yeah. i'm um you know i printed out the plan and i say it says on this day do this i do it <laughs> you so know is, and is that part of your natural sort of character very focused. Uh, yeah, when, when I have a goal, I'm like, you know, if I ha if I think I can achieve a goal, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna work hard for to get it. Okay. And that was the time when I was like, okay, well, I, I can do it. And obviously, you do one, and then like, okay, now it didn't. That one was hard, obviously, but not. It's better to pass people than being passed. Yeah. Obviously, it's a different type of hard. Exactly. It's, it's the hard when you cross the finish line. You're like, okay, it was hard, but I'll do it again. <laughs> as opposed to it was hard and damn it i'm so weak <laughs> so how so many yeah, so, I, so where do you go after a sub three sorry where do you go after a sub three because it's hard well, then did, it's hard to knock the time off after sub three isn't it yeah so that's what happened is like you know you did what i did one i was like okay you know uh this you know if i train harder or if i train smarter i can break you know i can there's always 30 seconds that we can you know, you're like, ah, oh, I was feeling bad at mile 24. So maybe if I train harder, I can gain a little bit. So you do another one and you gain a little bit. And then I did another one and I gained a little bit. But yeah, like you said, at some point you reach, you know, I, I'll never, you know, I could train forever and I would never reach like, you know, 230, yeah. 220. I mean, I, when I see people doing like 210, I'm like, how on earth can you do that? <laughs> it's just like unbelievable. But it's what you can do within your lifestyle as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you, you, you I mean, you, you have your genes. I mean, it's mostly genetics. Yeah. You know, you, you can control your training, but 
But you've got a family, you know, you've got work and you have to fit training in that. You've only so much energy that you've got in a day. Like, so all of that makes a difference in what you can push exactly, out. Like, exactly. you know, if you're trying to scrape another five minutes off of your marathon time at that level. You know, it's difficult to do in that. Unless you take about three months off, that'd be great in the sun. That's the thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I can see people are like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm retired. You know, they're like, young and retired. I'm like, oh, sure. And if you have no family, no kids. Yeah. Sure, go go drive and run all day long. <laughs> it's fine. So long but, distance, uh, yeah. long distance. Then I suppose you wanted to. You had this focus of improving and, and moving forward and getting bigger. And if you can't take more time off your marathon, where do you go next? Longer. Exactly. Yeah, I, you know there are two types of people: people who just jump into the ultra scene, or it's just like I've met people on the twenty-four run. Or, you know, the guy was next to me. is like, so how many how many races have you done? The guy's like. It's my first one. It's like, wait, so 24 and you've never done more than 26 miles? <laughs> so me, I wasn't like that at all. It was more like I do the marathon and after, you know, I do a few and then you're like, okay, I need to, it's kind of like an experiment, like a scientific experiment or like my legs are right 26 miles. Let's go 50K. So I did a 50K. I survived. <laughs> now next one is 50 miles, you know, and I, you know, I did a couple of 50Ks. And I was like, okay, now, because, you know, you read online and people tell you, you know, uh, at some point, uh, if you train, you know, people who train more than 60 miles over a week, they, they get injured and, you know, you you read all this crazy stuff. So I was, I went slow. I was like 50K, 50 miles, 100 miles. I mean, actually 12 hour, 100 miles. So I just, it's every year I was in progression, yeah. So it, yeah, does, you just, it does help you though, to having push, that base, yeah. doesn't it though? Like you've got your time right the way down, but to carry that along with you into the distance then, that helps. Yeah, that's what that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing that for 10 years now. So yeah, I, f I feel like, you know, all the years that you spent at the beginning, mm. it does help. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's like your body or experience or, you know, the training you're doing, but I feel like, yeah, the last few years, um, for whatever reason, I was faster than, you know. Which is unique, like, it's unique. Because what age are you now? I'm 48 now, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ancient. <laughs> but you're emotionally, well, you are fitter than you've ever been your entire life. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, this year is obviously yeah. a weird year. But last year was my best, I think. It was my best year, you know, overall, you know, like 100 mile time and then like 24. was like. Because 10, year, 10 year. years isn't that long, like. When you look at this huge list of like podium finishes, which we'll unpack in a little, little bit, like, um, you know, your progression and the path that you've taken, not jumping into those big, longer endurance races at first, you know, doing the, the marathon first, getting that sort of time on the sub three and sharpening the pace, you know, it's really stood by you like over the, cause you've had great success over the last 10 years. It's not that long. When you look at the likes of Jim Walmsley and those guys <laughs> who are up, yeah, that's the best in the world, like, but, you know, they've been at it their yeah. entire lives and track runners and pulling that distance with them. Um, how many hundred mile wins have you had? Like, it's, do you know? I don't even know. No, I've, uh, well, he's, lost 10, he's lost count. He's lost count. Exactly. <laughs> the funny thing, like the very first one, the very first hundred miler I did, I won it. And, and I remember, you know, the last 30 miles. You know, I was I was in front, and I kept looking behind me because I was like, maybe I'll never win another race in my life again. You know, another hundred miler. You know, it just happens that 
today, nobody better than me showed up on the starting line. And I'm just going, I mean, oh, it's my dream. You know, I'm just going to win. I'm going to win. So I kept looking behind saying, you know, please, please, nobody, <laughs> nobody passes me like two miles before the end. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I won that one. And uh, Tell me a bit yeah, more was, detail about that race then. What, what race was that? It was Old Dominion. So, you know, it's like started like a f- year or two years after Western States. So it's kind of like the, the, the race organizers, they heard about Western States you know, that everybody's heard about. And they're like, okay, let's do the same thing on the East Coast. And they've been doing it for the past, what, 30 years or something. So the same, same family doing it. And it's local. It's an hour and a half drive time. So, you know, first hundred miler, I didn't want to go across the country and then have a death march uh, for, you know, 50 miles. (laughs) So you take your car, you drive an hour and a half. And then I showed up. What about your training before that? Like how many? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, you train. The thing is, like, you don't know what you know. There's a big gap between yeah. you know 50 miles and 100 miles. You just it's it's hard to do that and replicate it in training because like the key thing when you're racing is to replicate the race. But when you're going that distance, and that, that's that's the struggle I've got in the minute. I'm around 75 miles. I've got to around 80 miles because I've got lost a few times on 75 mile races. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not getting to exercise that length and that distance obviously until race day so it's very difficult that's the beauty of it is like you know it's not like the marathon where you go online you, t- you type your 10k you know finish time and they tell you hey you're going to do 305 or you're going to do 320 and it's actually pretty accurate yeah. you know i mean if you if you run a 10k like a month before your marathon and then you you look at your predicted time and for me at least it was like yeah. within a few minutes I mean, obviously, you know, you have to do the long yeah. runs, but uh, it does. And the, you're, you're right, the 100 miler, you, you don't know. I mean, first, it's not all flat. I mean, in, in my case, you know, you have some climbs, you have the heat, you have your stomach, you have uh, blisters, you have lows, highs. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong in a 100 miler. Oh, it, it will go wrong. You know, you just don't know when. And that's what I learned is that you know, you train, I mean, to train, you know, you go online, you find out what people did and you're like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. Cause you have no clue. <laughs> you just, you, you just do your mileage and you hope that on race day, you'll be, especially at the beginning, you know, the first one. Yeah. So what sort of mileage you, were you doing? I was probably doing close to 90, I think at the time. What, so what do you think were the key aspects? Was it like back to back days? Yeah. The, I mean, what I learned since then was, you know, because I kind of refined my, you know, after that, you know, your body, you know, yeah. what works and what doesn't. I mean, the tricky part is like, it's not like a 5k where you start at one pace and you're like, oh, it didn't work. I'm going to start different mm-hmm. strategy. 100 miles is like you do one and then it's going to take you, you know, a few months before you can do another one. So it's not like you can repeat it and tweak. I mean, you do eventually, you know, yeah. you know after <laughs> 10 years, you've tweaked. Quite yeah, a lot. I was just about but, to show you this list again. Well, they actually, you can, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. At the beginning, it's the same thing with the 24, where we, we can talk about it, but it's the same thing. Like, you, you, you do one, and then you're like, okay, what should I change? And it's not like you can say, I can try it a bit faster and then see if it works. And then I try it a bit slower and see if it works. But in this case, you know, I, I followed what people were kind of doing, you know, probably 90 miles a week, back to back on the weekends. What would that, what that uh, consist of back to back? Like, like 20 I mean, miles, 10 miles? Yeah, miles. I mean, not, not now I do 
I mean, as I ramp up my training, it'll be like 16, 16, maybe 20, 20 the next weekend, then 24, 24. Yeah, would you do that at an easy pace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the pace doesn't matter. It's, it's really your marathon long run double double, I mean, yeah, isn't yeah. it, really? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but you have to do it twice. Yeah, that's the yeah. tricky part. Like, <laughs> like when, you wait, when you wake up on Sunday, you know, you're like, okay, I need to do it again. It's just, getting, it's uh, just trying to get your body used to running on fatigue, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. The pace is, you don't care about the pace. I mean, you know, yeah. it's fine. I mean, it's tricky. The, what I learned is that during the week, yeah, do do one session fast. I mean, one or two, you know, depending on how you feel. But uh, don't don't use your 24 long run to go fast or maybe maybe do 18 slow and then go fast for six. But uh, otherwise, it's going to kill you. I mean, and, and the, that's not the point. The point is, do your long run for like three hours, four hours, whatever it takes you. Do the same thing the next day, and then I take Monday off. I just yeah. recover on Mondays. I never run on Mondays. I think that was one of the biggest mistakes I've made. Not running on Monday, but um, I, I've been going too big on the weekends. So then keeping that consistency and momentum week on, week off um, has been a struggle for me because I've been going too big on the weekends and wiping myself out. That was my problem at the beginning. Or like, you know, I was, I was, when I, you know, when I was trying to do 100 miles, I would try to, because everybody's saying the more miles you do during the week, the better you're going to be on race day. So you're like, okay, I'm going to increase my mileage. And I was trying to do like long, like one long run per day. I mean, you know, one longer run per day. So sometimes like 16 miles. And yeah, after that, you cannot do, I couldn't do like speed work. It's just yeah. you're tired. And then on the weekend, you do your long run and you're tired. The next week, you're starting a new cycle and you're still tired. So what I did is I, I'm breaking the my runs. I, I run in the morning before work and after work. So I do like, an, let's say, an hour before work and an hour after work, which is much easier on the body than two hours before work. You know, it just, for you know, your body has time to, you, you, you're eating during the day, you're sitting on your ass. It feels easier. And it is, a, it is like a hundred miler, like for a marathon, you can't pick up a plan. I know we're all very unique and different, but in a hundred miler, you really have to get in tune with yourself, don't you? It really is yeah, a part I mean, of self-discovery. Like, I mean, that's what I liked about it. It's just like, first, you know, the no hundred miler is the same. You know, if you have a, you know, if you have a big climb at the beginning or a totally flat hundred miler, it's totally different. If it's a hundred degrees, you know, the, you're not going to be as fast as you know like one in the winter and i mean now that i'm old what i learned is like basically don't pay attention to the other runners just you know follow your plan it doesn't matter if you have like 20 people in front of you at the beginning if they are better than you they'll beat you <laughs> if they're not uh, maybe you have a chance to catch up with them i mean it's there's no point like you know don't try to change your plan based on mm. some random guys that are you know just happens to be running next to you and maybe they're going going faster than you want just follow you follow your follow your plan if after 80 miles you feel good and you feel like maybe i was too slow then go go for it <laughs> just run run but i've never i've never had a race when i said you know what i started too slow yeah i mean it's hard it's hard sometimes because you know you your, your 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 legs are fresh. It's a long morning. distance as well, isn't it? Like it's a long distance, a hundred miles. So anything can happen. 
like you said, you know, it's, for a long time you feel like great. I mean, that you should feel great. You should feel like, my God, you know, after ten miles, I mean, this is easy. You know, I'm just I could do that all day long. It's like so easy. The pace is easy. I feel like I'm never going to stop. And then there is a point where <laughs> there's a point where you're like, oh, I can barely move anymore. You know, the, the, this tiny climb is like a mountain suddenly. I mean, it's always like that. I mean, and then hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it will go away. <laughs> you're, you're making it sound really attractive. So you talked about the plan there. Do you break down the race beforehand and make sure you have a structure going in? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, especially at the beginning, you know, you read race reports and people tell you, you know, there is a climb at mile uh, 20. It's very long. And then uh, there's a, it's muddy at this mileage. And uh, then it's hot, it's cold. Uh, you know, all this little thing that it helps. I mean, it helps, you know, or like the aid stations. Uh, if there is a big gap between two aid stations and you know that it's going to be hot, uh, I'm going to carry two bottles, you know, or, you know, all the tiny things where you don't want to end up, you know, six miles from an aid station with no water and no gel and you're starving and hungry and thirsty, you know. I, I did a 75 mile race there in November. And it was 25 miles to the first aid station. Um, that, I thought, well, that's not too bad. Um, but I didn't take a look at how many hills were in between <laughs> in that first <laughs> hills. Like, and halfway through, I was it was torrential rain, and there was nowhere to take water at all. And you know, it was a real struggle. You know, for about three hours trying to get to that aid station where I had a lovely bag, drop bag, sitting waiting on me. But it was a struggle, like. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you a story. There, there was a race where it's a night race where between two aid stations, my uh, headlamp, my batteries died. And, you know, most people would have spare batteries in their backpack, you know, and I, I didn't have any. So I just ended up <laughs> in the middle of the forest with like, it was pitch dark and I couldn't see the, the trail. I couldn't see anything. So then I had to wait for the guy behind and say, hey, can I just follow you until the next aid station? Because I cannot, I don't know where to go. So yeah, tra um, planning is always good. Yeah, you know. Do you always have spare batteries with you now? <laughs> At least I buy new ones before the race now. And I make sure that, uh, you know, it's, they're really, you know, charged, everything looks good. But yeah, it's just, you know, stupid things, like stu stupid mistakes that, you know, when you think about it now, I'm like, oh, I was really done. But, um, you know, same thing between, you know, aid stations where, you know, I feel like, ah, the, you know, if this between, this, you know, if you have 10 miles and I'm like, ah, maybe I need two bottles or I make sure I have gels between, you know, in my pockets, like a spare pocket where you put a gel that maybe I'll never need it because I feel great. You know, I, I won't need it. I feel great. But... If between eight stations your legs like give up and you need to get some sugar, that's when you're like, ah, it, it helps. It's, it's nice to know it's there in case. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like anything, you know, 100 miles and above and beyond, you know that things are not going to be smooth for you. Yeah. I mean, so, you, you could feel gr great for a long time, but. So it's, it's maybe, it is such a sorry. learning curve that you're going through. So when you think back to when you started doing 100 mile races to now, what other sort of mistakes were you making? Yeah, the, I mean, nutrition is obviously a big, a big thing. I mean, for everybody, because, you know, marathon, you know, most likely you can grab a few gels on the way and then you may have a death march, but you'll finish. 
Um, 100 miler, if your stomach is not feeling good, or if you the, the, if you don't eat, that's the, you know the, the bad part. Like if you if you may feel great, and you reach the aid station and you you don't feel like eating or you don't feel like having sugar or gels, you know you feel like I'm good, I'm good, I can keep going. And you can for a while, but at some point you're going to reach a point where you're going to be your pace is going to drop. And you're going to be barely moving, or you know, you have no sugar left, and then you have to stop, and then you have to eat. So the and it's very hard. I mean, there are some races where I knew I was hungry. You know, I knew that hey, I haven't eaten anything for an hour and a half, and I'm I need to eat. And then you reach the the aid station, and oh, nothing, nothing feels good. I mean, there's nothing that I want to eat, but you have to force yourself, or you have to find the food that you're going to like and everybody's different you know some people i mean if i see oranges i'll grab oranges or watermelon or something some people have pizzas burgers i try to stay away from solid food because it's very hard to run and chew okay. a burger but yeah the nutrition is the big the big thing for the longer races you know yeah, so what does your nutrition plan look like now i eat um uh, as often as I can, yeah. That's the thing. Like even at the beginning of the race, like you, you, know, you may have solids and go to liquids later on, or do you just? Um, yeah, yeah. The trick is to get it to start eating right at the beginning. Like you know, after an hour, you may have a good breakfast, but don't wait three hours to start eating. So I, yeah, every hour I get like a bottle of I would get like a bottle of whatever sugary drink um, they gave me. And then I get a gel, so something like 200 calories per hour. Or, and then once in a while, you know, I'll grab um, some food. That's, okay. you know, I'll reach the end station. I say, yeah, you have that? Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Because I, I always have it in my head, you know, when you're going through lunch time in a race, like at one o'clock in a, in a race, like usually your body's conditioned to think it's going to get lunch at that time. And then you're going again through dinner. So I sort of have it in my head that I have to have, like, more calories around that um is that something that doesn't sort of bother you at all you just sort of float through that in your race plan or does your body look for that nah, i don't i don't really focus on lunch or dinner i, don't know. I mean my, my advice would be try to finish before dinner you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm still eating but, supper uh, <laughs> i'm still eating supper <laughs> but uh no no, no. I'm, I'm i'm very focused i mean when i run i'm very focused um, you know, especially if you like, I mean, we, we, we can talk about 24 hour, but it's even more focused where, cause the pace is even slower. So it's very important at the beginning to keep eating, keep drinking, keep us, you know, easy pace for as long as you can. Cause you know that when something's going to happen, you want to minimize the issues you're going to have, you know, you're going to have pain in your legs. You're going to have blisters. You're going to have something. And if on top of that, your stomach is not feeling good and you haven't had food for two hours, it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, you're going to be, you know, I've had death march where you just, you walk. I mean, you walk and walk and you're all alone in the woods <laughs> and, and you feel miserable. You know, you're like, okay, never again. Next time I'll learn my lesson and I'll, I'll be smarter. Have you DNF'd a hundred mile race? I yeah, it was uh, there was one where my knee was not good. Okay. I I, f I had some pain at mile twenty, and I tried to keep going, and then 
So no, and then not, I was like, no real mistake, like just one of those things. No, no, because you can always walk. I mean, it's not fun. It's not fun, but you can, I mean, you know, you know, walking 20 miles is not fun. I mean, it's not fun when you're planning to run, you know, <laughs> and you see people passing you saying, hey, keep, keep moving, good job. And you're like, thanks, I'll keep moving, you know, but no, I, mean, I don't know. You have yeah. to, you have to respect the distance. I mean, obviously on the starting line, you're like hundred miles, it's long. I mean, can I do that? You know, it's every time, every single race, when I'm driving to the starting line, I'm like, gosh, I just try, I just, you know, I've been in a car for hundred miles. Can I do it running? And it's, it feels like maybe it's not possible, but I'm like, yeah, I've done it. So, you know, we'll see. What, what's your one, one piece of race fuels, your favorite piece? Like you, you wouldn't go without it in your pack. Um, so on the 24 hour races now, I always have Coke near the end. You know, I, I, I try to have regular, you know, whatever the gels and all these things, but that, there's a point where I need to get some caffeine and Coke. So at the beginning, I don't have any caffeine. I eat, you know, I drink whatever I brought, like, you know, Tailwind or something. But then after a while, I'm tired of it. I, I know some people say like, oh, I found this drink and it's great. My stomach is always feeling great. It never works for me. And after a while, after, after a point, I'm like, I think it's good for you to change. Yeah. I mean, that's probably my advice that I learned is don't focus on one miracle food or drink that's going to carry you over for 100 miles, 24 hours, 30 hours. Just switch. Just, you know, if you feel like having a banana, have a banana. If you like, you know, six months later, if you feel like having a, a pizza, get a pizza. I mean, I, I, just... I've learned that lesson because I found these magic foods and I started taking them all the time until I got sick of them. And I'm now at a point where I have no magic foods because <laughs> I'm sick of them all. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Like you listen to podcasts and someone can say, hey, I only eat fruit. And since then my stomach is great and I'm very fast. And the next guy is going to come and say, I only eat meat. And since then, you know, my uh, stomach is great and I'm feeling the best of my life. And you're like, they cannot all be right. You know, I mean, maybe they're right for them, you know, for their yeah, body. Yeah. So you need to find out what, what works for you. And I mean, for me, I'm like, I've never found, and I've never, haven't found anything that, you know, I cannot eat bananas for, 24 hours or 14 hours, I'll be sick of bananas, you know, or even drinking Coke all, all day long at some point. I'm like, mm. my God, I cannot. So you just switch. But Coke mm. is magic though, isn't it? Especially near the end, like, you know, I have sort of blown up in races, gone on the death march. I remember sitting down in my first 100K saying, I'm, I was feeling a bit disorientated and thinking I need something here before I start again. And somebody gave me a sip of Coke and I ran the last 5K quicker than the first K of the race. Just came straight back round. Like an yeah, field. that's, I, I love it too. And the funny thing is like, I learned that, you know, I joined the, you know, the 24 hour t uh, team USA. And before the, before the championship, we had a call and, you know, like introducing ourselves and everybody was saying, you know, what do you, what do you recommend or something? And then one of the guy on the team was like, oh, I always drink Coke after a while. And up to up to then, uh, I had no clue you could do that. I was like, "Oh, girl, <laughs> everybody's saying you should drink, uh, you know, Gatorade or Tailwind or this thing." And Coke was like, "That's what you have when you, you know, you have it when you're your kid or something." <laughs> yeah. 
but it does work. It does work. Yeah. It's liquid it's fuel, just, like rocket fuel. It goes. I mean, sugar and caffeine, and it goes straight into your bloodstream. <laughs> I mean, that's. But the key great. thing about it, though, for me, um, I have to time it properly because too much of it then can make your stomach just go if you start taking it too early. Yeah, I, I, I never start. I, I do it when I when I start falling asleep. You know, when uh, my I feel like my my pace is you know I I need some help, <laughs> and then uh, and I get tired of the regular gels and stuff. And just okay, just put some coke in my bottle. Try to you know shake it a little bit before so I don't because you know at the beginning it's just funny you just put coke and you start running and then you open the thing and you're covered with coke you know <laughs> but uh, but it does work. Yeah. yeah that's, what about um, your kit then on the hundred mile race? Like are you carrying much kit? Like from no, over? I'm a, I have usually I have one bottle and then that's it. So you're not ca- carrying a real pack when you see all of these ultra marathon runners with a salmon jackets on or anything like that yeah so. yeah i've seen that no i like to run with barely anything you know i mean usually more i don't know obviously if there's 20 20 miles between eight stations yeah. it's not the same as six miles you know uh but the ones i've done uh you know you you f- you drink at the eight station you you fill up your bottle mm. and then you go and you have what 45 you know an hour before the next one it's good enough. I mean, you get, I take some gels, and then usually I walk. You know, yeah, I I grab a banana or something, and then I walk away from the aid station because the trick is, don't spend too much time at the aid station. I mean, I see people like, I mean, I, obviously, if you do it for fun and you just want to enjoy the race and talk to people and be with your friends, yeah, take a seat and stay at the aid station for half an hour. If you want to go fast and PR, just grab, you know, refill your bottle, um, gulp some liquid, whatever glass they have, and grab, grab a banana and walk, and then eat your banana, you know, for a few yards and a few meters, and then start running again. It's, just, a, it's a key point, though, like, because I have, in races where they have excellent sort of aid stations, like, and you come in there and you're hungry, and you're not really focused on your plan and moving in there and moving out again, all of a sudden you're gobbing yourself like a feast and you come out there yeah, and you're blowing smoke. <laughs> yeah, but they're tricking you. Close your eyes if they have too many good things at yeah. the end station. Yeah, don't, don't, I mean, I'm very focused. So yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm staying 30 seconds at the end station and I'm out of here, you, you know. But mm. well, I've sort of learned you, that as well is like, I do try and in my head think, right, I'm gonna go in here, I'm fine. I'm just gonna go and grab a banana or an orange and I'm going to head out. Um, early on in my first 100k race, I remember I spent 20 minutes walking around this tent aid station going, geez, what am I doing here? Like I've lost loads of time. I need to get out of here. And I, I think I was just looking at the food, trying to pick what was um, suit, what would suit me at that point, where actually I just needed to get moving. Like, Yeah, it's tempting to, when, you, when you're tired, your legs are tired, and then you see all the food and people are friendly, are very nice to you. <laughs> and they ask you, what do you want? It's, yeah, you have to resist and say, you know what? I'm not here to Too much have some good food. Yeah, I don't have, I'm not, I'm not here to like, you know, meet people and introduce myself and eat. And then I'll go later on, maybe just, just keep moving. I mean, obviously don't skip the session, but keep, keep moving. And it, it, you know, it's especially important if you do a timed event where any minute where you're not moving, 
is some yards you're not going to cover at the end. You know, it's, you know, if you have a 24 hours to cover as many miles as you can, if you stay 15 minutes at every head station, you know, it adds up. And at the end, you're, you know, you'd be like miles away from what you could have done. Because a minute a mile is quite a lot, you know, when you're trying to push it out there. And then you lose 15 minutes at an aid station. Like it's, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you add yeah. it all up. If you have like, you know, 10 aid stations and you spend five minutes at each, yeah, is, you, you, you wasted, you know, an hour of your time. And, and, you, and, and you do say it all the time, maybe not as much up the front <laughs> where you're at. Like, um, but like uh, the last ultra race I had done, there was these two or three runners who were running way ahead of me. Um, but then I would meet them at the aid station. It was like the tortoise and the hare. You know, they were yeah, just yeah, running yeah. really, really fast. And then you knew you were going to get them at the aid station because they were spending so long there and you're just grabbing what you wanted and moving on. Like a no rush, just a nice, consistent pace. Exactly. I mean, that's a nice part. You're like, okay, you, you any race, you know, you always have a few people who are going to go way faster than they should. And you're like, sometimes you're like, okay, why are you going so fast? I mean, you know you're going to catch up with them, you know, like... And the same thing, like, what's the point? I mean, it's easier to go to, to run slower, you know, at slower pace, and then shorten your time at the aid station than stay a long time at the aid station and go a minute per mile faster later on. I mean, there's, it's very hard. I mean, you, you know, I mean, unless you can, you know, unless you're Wormsley or, you know, some of the top guys in the US. <laughs> so do you pace by watch or do you go on feel? Or like, do you just try and hold? Um, the... if, it's a, if it's a flat one. Yeah, if if it's a very flat race, I just okay. My pace is going to be this, and I follow my watch and I see. I mean, it's kind of you know what what my pace is basically what feels good. So I look at the watch to make sure I'm not going too fast or too slow, but it's basically to make sure I'm you know on target. If it's you know climbing and descents and uh, then that depends. You know, obviously. You know, if it's in the woods with like tons of technical terrain, you're not going to go fast. So you can forget about your normal pace. It's the pace would be whatever feels okay. You know. What was your fastest hundred mile race then? Uh, it was thirteen thirty-five at Amstead. Uh, that is absolutely criminal. But it's uh, it's a non-technical. It's 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 gravel road. So. Yeah. It's, it's not totally so. <laughs> it's crazy, uh, 13, yeah. 35. So yeah, it's yeah. I did that like last year, I think. Yeah. So, so what age were you? Forty six. Uh, forty seven. Yeah, for forty six. Yeah, right. Just before forty seven. Um, yeah, it's but uh, yeah, that one I had done it twice before. So I, once again, you know, the first time you have no clue when you when you do a race. You know, you you don't know where to you know don't know the terrain. You don't know. After three times, you're like, okay, uh, and it's loops. So I had done the loops like uh, 16 times by then. So, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to look at what I did last year and then try to do it again, but slightly better at the end. It's always the goal, you know. That's, that's a unique thing as well on the long distance. Like you can get the 100 miles over the mountains or 100 miles on a trail or 100 miles loop. They're so different, aren't they? Like when you have to oh. attack them so differently. Exactly. I mean, there is no, you cannot compare. I mean, if I tell you, you know, someone ran 14 hours on this race versus 14 hours on a different one, it's, they can be completely different. I mean, you know, UTMB versus 
running on a track, you know, 100 miles on a track. I mean, they're like, it's a different sport. I mean, yeah. it's a totally different sport. What What do you prefer? Which one do you prefer? Well, the one where, uh, I mean, what I would prefer is like, yeah, you know, open my uh, door and then there is a mountain and, you know, forest and a river and birds and, you know, bears and, you know, that <laughs> that's what freedom. I would, that, yes. But what I do have is like, I open my door and there is a bike path with uh, cars and bikes, you know, and because I'm in a city, so, okay. and it's flat. So yeah, um, obviously, if you keep training on um, asphalt, you're going to be good running flat and non-technical. And when you put me on a, you know, on a technical trail and it goes up and down and we have rocks everywhere, I'm I'm horrible at it. I mean, I can go up slightly, I can pass a few people, and then when I go down. All the people who were behind me during the climb, they just fly by me. I mean, um, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's a, you've, you've seen video of people like going downhill, like yeah. like it's Lunatics. a sprint. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just insane. You we, just, we have a lot I mean, of fell runners around here. You know, we have a lot of mountain terrain here and it's just big grass, slopey, um, mountainous um, descents. And they're fell runners. So these guys are half rolling down the hill. <laughs> they're just bouncing off it, like launching themselves. And yeah, it's, just pu- I mean, it's just pure madness. No matter how hard you try, they're twice as quick as you. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I, you know, especially when you have rocks and uh, roots and, you know, some trees. I mean, they just jump and it's like a dance. But the dance at, you know, six minutes per mile, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like a sprint. And me, I'm like breaking, you know, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I'm too old for that. I don't want to break my teeth. <laughs> what's been, so, your, yeah, what's I mean, been I, your hardest 100 mile race then? Uh, I mean, I've had, you know, they're all hard. That's a trick. Like if you push yourself, you cannot say, you know, yeah. if you finish 100 mile by saying, oh, it was so easy. Uh, you didn't push hard enough, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it, it, the old dominion is always hard i mean i've had some good results but it's i know at mile 80 you're tired i mean mm-hmm. like any race you're tired i've had one where they're like totally flat in the the outer banks so it's a 100 miles point to point by the ocean so it's by the beach and you would think it's easy you know it's a 100 miles flat you know it's just flat mm-hmm. except that you can see the lighthouse you know <laughs> uh, near the end and the lighthouse, you feel like it's close. And you run for an hour, and the lighthouse is at the same spot, you know. And you run for another half hour, and you feel like it hasn't moved because you can see, you know, you can see like far, far, far ahead of you. And it's you're in the middle of nowhere, you know, you have a few cars here and there. And I was like, oh my God, it's like never ending. So it was hard. It was hard for different reasons, not because yeah. you had climbs or you had downhill. It was hard because. I was all alone. It was dark, and the station was were pretty far apart. I mean, you had some, you know, water bottle by the side of the road where you refill it yourself, and you don't talk to anybody. And, and then, you know, like any other matter, you start thinking, why am I doing this? You know, I could just be by the beach with like all these people like having fun, and I'm just running, trying to go from point A to point B so I can have a a bus who's going to drive me back to where I started. 
but so yeah, but the, the mental aspect of long runs, you know, it's meant, I mean, everybody says, you know, there's physical, obviously, but the mental, like, it's hard. Yeah. Do you enjoy that aspect of 100 mile races then that sort of, you think you need to pull out of a race and like an hour later, all of a sudden you feel like Superman and you're back down low again and up and down. Yeah, I can see like, you know, over the, all the hundred miles I've done, yeah, you reach low points that I would never have reached normally, you know. I mean, if you have a job and a regular life and enough money, I mean, you could wake up and get some ice cream, go on the sofa, watch TV, get a beer and do that for the rest of your life. You know, you don't have to push yourself. But yeah, 100 miler, you can have highs where you're like, oh, I could run forever. This place is so easy. And then an hour later, you're going to have a low that says, I cannot do it anymore. I'm tired and I should just stop. And, you know, it's the weekend. Everybody's having fun. I should just go back home and relax. And like you said, like an hour later, you'll be back. You'll be like, okay, great. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't stop. I'm feeling okay. I'm passing people. and is fun do you have any tricks for pushing through that sort of period no the, the, i mean the trick the longer the distance the trick is not to think uh you know like like if you go 24 40 hour you know if you start running and you're like hey i've got 47 hours to go it's going to be a very long day or a very long race you know so I try to split it into, okay, let's go to the next aid station. So if you have a low point, you're like, hey, you know what? It's like four miles to the aid station. I can't run four miles. I do that every day. You know, every day you do four miles easy, you know? And then you try to reach the aid station. You, depending on how your body, you eat, you drink, you talk to people. And hopefully you'll feel better. You know, <laughs> hopefully. But you have to learn yeah. patience, don't you? Yeah, but uh, I guess you, you learn. You learn that it's going to go away. You don't know when it's going to go away. You know it will. And you hope that it will during the race, not the next day when you wake yeah, up. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was laughing there because a friend of mine who, who runs long distance, he said, you know, it's always going to go away. And I was in a race last year, and I just had that in my head. There's about five more mountaintops to get, it, get to, and I kept on being sick. And I was like, it's going to go away. It's going to go away. And afterwards, I was like, it didn't go away. He said, but it, <laughs> it must have went away. He goes, well, I, the next day it went away. I goes, he goes, I told you it would go away some stage, but maybe not during the race. <laughs> yeah, that, that's tricky. You know it's going to go away, but yeah, you, you do hope that oh, it's a bad spot. But no, I, I've done it enough so that, you know, some pain, you know, like pain in your, you know, you know that some part of your body is going to be in pain and you don't know which part. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be your, your, your feet or your knees or maybe your hip. But sometimes, you know, I feel great. And then, I don't know, for a few minutes, I know my knees feeling painful. And once again, you're like, okay, I hope it goes away. And most of the time it does. I mean, and then, and then it's some other body part, you know, after that, your stomach or after that, it's, uh, you know, blister on your foot or your toenails or something. But... It's whether or not it's bearable pain, isn't it? You you learn to stop listening to yourself, and then you think, well, this is bearable, so keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if you fail and you you know you have blood all over your body, then maybe you know get some help. But uh, if it's just 
you know, I don't feel good, um, kind of limping or something's wrong. Either stop at the aid station, fix your shoe, fix your sock, take care of it if it's a blister, and then keep moving. But, you know, you can always walk. I mean, there's very few situations where you cannot walk. I mean, I mean I'm talking like, you know, don't, yeah. don't. But you, le- you learn to, it's more like I've been learning to sort of accept it. I suppose acceptance is the key thing. If you start to resist it and go, oh, no, my leg's sore, my calf's, oh, it's really, really getting tighter or it's fatigued. And the more you resist it, the more it amplifies. But if you just welcome it and say, oh, there's the pain in my calf. <laughs> I'm surprised you arrived now. Should I'm, I would have thought I'd seen you two hours ago. Then you're able yeah, to continue yeah, with exa- it. Exactly, yeah. I mean, if you've done your training, you know, you're confident that you've done the training. I mean, obviously, if it's a mountainous terrain you know do do some climbs you know when don't do all flat during because otherwise it's going to be a nightmare but if you feel like you've done everything you could do you know given your job even your family you know you've done your homework then yeah i mean yeah don't feel bad about yourself you've done your work if you need to climb you know yeah, there's a climb and you need to walk it just walk it it's fine mm-hmm. that's the beauty of long distance you know you can walk and everybody's like great you're walking it's fine but you do have time to work things out, don't you? Problem solving is a big part of 100-mile race. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even longer when I do like the 24-hour races, the first, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say like, you know, the first few hours, because th- the pace is lower than 100-mile, you know, it's pretty slow. Uh, and the first few hours is basically to, you know, I'm focused and I'm listening to my body. And it's just like, okay, what? Because, you know, you feel good, but sometimes you're like, ah, maybe my right leg is slightly, you know, something may be wrong or it's not wrong yet, but it may be wrong at some point. And it's just listening to your body, making sure you eat, you drink. If your shoe is not right, just stop and we, you know, replace your shoelace or something. Just be focused. Even though it could be boring, because you're like, oh, no, I could go much faster and I could do... But no, no, just be patient and, um, you know, be smart. Yeah. In 2017 there, you were in the, in Belfast. It's only about 40 miles up the road from here. So I live close to uh, Belfast. Yeah. Um, but those, that type of 24-hour race or a lap circuit or on a track, um, it's a totally different type of run. And it's very raw and pure. When you say and listen to yourself, you're stripped right down, aren't you, really? Yeah, I mean, that's the part. I, I mean, you know, 24 hours races are hard. But the part I like is just anybody, you know, it's easy to explain. You know, you have 24 hours, you just use your feet, and you need to cover as many kilometers or miles as you want. And there is no rule. You know, if you want to stop, take a nap for five hours, fine. You, you want to walk, walk. You want to run fast, run fast. I mean, the rules are, and it's flat, you know, it just, okay do as many laps as you can and at the, at the end of the race you know whoever covers the most wins <laughs> simple as um, you can get yeah i mean it's i mean the belfast was different because you know it's world so you have some visibility and you're part of a team and you know so when it's your local race and it's a loop and you see your cars every you know every 45 minutes that could be tricky because you know you do a loop and your car is waiting, and you could say, oh, I could stop here. What do I have to do? You know, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. 
you know, you're tired, that could be tricky. But if you resist, and uh, you know, you you can anybody can walk for 24 hours. You know, it's just. Yeah. I mean, so to- talking about loops, then that sort of opens the door to the backyard. Um, was last year the first time you tried the backyard? Because you're talking about how easy it is to finish, and there's your car and. You're almost describing the backyard there, really, in essence. The backyard is even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because, because 24, you know, you know when you're going to be done. You know, that's mentally, it's a big difference. Yeah. You know, if you do one loop, it takes you an hour to do a loop, you do one. And maybe your car is there, but you're like, hey, I've got one less to do, and I'm going to do another one, and I'm going to do another one. And then you may be dead tired, you may have blisters, and but you're going to finish. Big backyard is mentally very different. I mean, one aspect is, you know, the fact that you start running, everybody starts at the same time, and then you can finish in front of everybody in, you know, whatever, 40 minutes. Normal race, you know, you reach the aid station, you eat, and you go, and you still have your 20-minute gap with the guy behind, you know, or, you know, assuming there's a gap, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then the next aid station, you you can do add like five more minutes. And the next aid station, you're going to have five more. And at the end, you know, you're going to have a big gap. Here, it doesn't matter. You can finish 20 minutes in front of somebody. You're going to sit. And then you're going to start again with the same guy. And then same thing. And then after a few hours, you'll be like, gosh, he's still here, you know? <laughs> it's, 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 so that is that aspect. And uh, and the fact that obviously you don't know when it's going to end. It's very hard. It's very hard to say, why am I doing this? You know, in the end, this guy looks better than me. Or you know, these these guys are so strong. I mean, they look like they could go on forever. And and I'm dying, and I'm tired, and my car is there, and it's cold, and it's raining, and you know, it's it's, it's, su- it's such hard. a unique platform, isn't it, or format. I was when I did it. I was like, it's torture. It's like pure <laughs> torture. And which, it's which very, backyard did you do? Uh, the one in Ohio. Uh, and it was very muddy, and it was rainy, and I had the wrong shoes. So every time there was a climb, I, I, my shoes were like slipping. So it's just mentally, you're like, you know, yeah, very small climb. You know, like it's ridiculously small, but. When you're tired and you're like, why can't I just go up? You know, I have to grab branches to go up. <laughs> and everybody's having like a good day or a good time. And what I notice is like, it's very, but we're just looking at people. It's very hard to know who's going to go long and who's going to drop. And I did the same experience or same, ex- you know, when I was, I was watching like a, a backyard ultra like a month ago, not, a, not, a, just not running, just, you know, watching people. And, you know, you, you look at yeah. runners and like, oh, this guy, this guy has a good pace. He looks smart. He eats well. He's going to go long. You know, it, this guy will never quit. And then four hours later, same guy is like, I'm done. I cannot do it anymore. And then you look at someone else, you're like, this guy is going to last forever. He looks good. He's consistent. And then same thing. You know, it's very, very hard to know because Part of it, people are hiding it. You know, if, if you're like two guys yeah. left, you don't want to be the one saying, hey, dude, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of quitting, you know, because <laughs> there is that aspect. But like you said earlier, for any race or any long race where you can feel good, 
but the backyard you cannot have a bad patch for one lap yeah. if you have a very bad lap you're, you're out 100 miler you have a bad lap you know or but not bad lap you have a bad stretch you can sit at a net station for an hour and then your stomach gets better you you know you get relaxed or no and then you start again and you can finish strong backyard if you have you know realistically if you're like 20 minutes where you're not moving if you just have one gonna... mental if you have one weak point at all even mentally and start doubting yourself then it can just be over oh yeah 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 when you start thinking this is stupid why am i doing this it's just like yeah. you know and the loops are just... quite hard like because i was surprised you know, i've been training on the the same course as the backyard i had done you know, and I was doing like 36 miles or 28 miles, um, which is a big mistake, I think, because when I done the event then a couple of weeks later, I was so sick of those loops. You know, I got to loop <laughs> yeah. seven and eight and I went, this isn't why I started running. But it was just a negativity that started coming into my head. And I was looking for an excuse to out. And I was like, this isn't running for me. Like, why, why am I just doing one loop? I couldn't do another 20 of these. Like, what is the point of this? And all this negative chatter was going on in my head. And I pulled out of 53 miles just at a weak moment. And then I was like, actually, why did I pull out? Because <laughs> then I was fine. Like 10 minutes later, I was like, oh. That, they, the thing, you, you cannot stop and think for too long. Because if you think like, okay, maybe I'm going to stop and think and I'm going to quit. By the time you decide to go again, that's it. It's over. But yeah, it, it's a, the mental is the big thing for this race. I mean, obviously, you know, you need to be fit. But anybody can do four miles an hour, you know, you can walk fast, you know, you run a little bit and then you walk and you can do it. But when you start thinking, what's the point? And if you start thinking, what's the point? Because I'm not going to win. Then what does it matter if you're doing like you finish, you know, third or fifth or 10th or 20th? You have, to, you, have to, you have to make your mind up before you go into this event, what's going to happen, don't you? That's what I think. Yeah, you need to say uh, my goal is to do 24. My goal is to do 48 hours or whatever, whatever you think is good for you. And then you ignore anybody and you say, "Hey, my goal was 24 hours. Every hour is one less." And then after 24, you can see who's left and how you feel. Uh, but if you start thinking, "Oh, I'll go. I'll follow the." The first one, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're going to think, oh, this guy is way too strong. He, he's running faster than me. He's eating better than me. He's never going to stop. And then, then you're out. But you have no clue what's going on. Every, you know, they can look to totally like they just started nah, the race at like mile eighty, and still. I remember um, I was having a real tough course, but the person that went won. Peter Cromie, who was it was Castle Ward this year and treacherous rain and mud. And he was way behind me and I was having my most difficult loop. And like he went on to do like forty odd loops that day in the torrential rain with a guy called Ian Keith. Which I'm sure you know Ian as well, who's in Belfast. Um but like tell me about the end of that event then, because you came first. You were the the only one that Yeah, I mean, uh, exa exactly what you said. Like when we were three, we know three people left. There was one guy, he looked like amazing. And we started to chat. He's like, you know, how, how many more um, hours you want to do? I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm tired. I'm getting tired. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm thinking I'll do two days, three days. 
And I don't know if he was, you know, playing tricks or, or not, or if he was serious. But, you know, mentally, you're like, oh, my God, I didn't plan to run for, like, you know, three days. <laughs> I don't even know if I can do it, you know. And then, and then the thing is, like, I can't recall, but maybe, like, three hours later, I reach a turn on the trail, and I see him walking, and I was like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I just pulled something, and I'm, I'm done. I'm out. So you, you, you never know. You never know. I mean, it's you can feel like the king of the world, and and then that's it. You're you're out. Yeah. So that that one was tough. And then we were two people. You know, me and the other guy, and he was struggling, I was struggling, and then we kept doing it for a few more. And then at some point, I'm ready to go, and I see him not getting up. And I was like, oh, yes, it's over, finally. <laughs> it was like, finally, it's over. And the funny thing, you know how to, to, to win or, you know, to be official, you have to do one more than the next yeah. guy. So I started my last one. And all I could think was like, don't fall. You know, don't, and it's stupid. I was also like, don't get lost, which is stupid after, you know, you've done the same loop, whatever, 30 times, you know, I'm like, very hard to get lost. But I was like, don't fall, don't twist your ankle and not finish this loop. So I was like walking most of the time, like taking my time, you know, obviously keeping an eye on the watch. I had one hour to finish it. But my main thing was like, that would be totally stupid to like twist my ankle and not finish this one <laughs> after all I've done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it was one, of, it's unique. The format is unique. Yeah. It's, it's one of the big, big disappointments of 2020 really is the big dog's backyard. That was but, going you know, to be the yeah. world championships, as he, as Laz now calls it, like such a lineup. Like, yeah, you you look at the people who were supposed to run it. It was like the, like you said, the best of the world. I mean, it was like because you know any race, you know, usually it's a lot of local people and maybe one or two guys are like very good. But this year, Big's backyard was supposed to be you know the best people who's, from Europe. Who's who? The who's who yeah, of ultra a, running like. It was amazing. It was really amazing. Because last year, you know, it must have been a like, real buzz just to see your name on that list when it when it first went on it. Yeah, I, I still need to decide whether Biggs is really my thing. It's very hard. I have one month to to get mentally ready for it. I mean, physically and mentally. But yeah, it's hard. But the the, the names were amazing. I mean, it's was like, oh my god, it's gonna be the best race ever. Yeah, it was going to be an amazing list. Like, yeah, I mean, it was all the past winners. I mean, if you look at all the people who won it before, it was to be all these people plus all the people who couldn't come last year because of worlds, like 24-hour worlds. I mean, it was like all the top, top from every country. I, I was asking everybody, do you need a crew? Do you need a crew? <laughs> Just to be there and, <laughs> and to be in the presence of those people, like, would have been amazing. Actually, watching it is fun. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah. I mean, if you know, if you know what's going on, if you know the people, it's actually quite fun because you know you, you you know the names, you know you know the names, you know where they're good, you know you know their strength, and especially near the end, you you look at, you know what's happening, because normally people are very focused, and if you know if you right, if you finish in 50 minutes, you're going to do 50, 50, 50, or you know 51, 49, 51. And then there is one loop where you're going to be like 58. And the trick is like, was it a one time off or <laughs> something happened or it's the beginning of the end? 
that's what I noticed. Like the same thing that when I watched where like people were, I mean, for a very long time, everybody, you know, there was a big group and they were all arrived at the same time. Like yeah. for hours, it was like, you know, you could go to the finish line and say, oh, in two minutes, they're going to be here. And yeah, two minutes, they come. And then there's one lap where uh, there's one guy who's like, you know, slowly. Like 52, 52, 52, 58, you know, oh. Like it's, and then and then the next one is like okay I'm yeah, done oh. especially if it's a friend of yours and you're watching your friend go around those loops like and it's like oh no no please please come yep. back like and no go on the next loop and you're like ah oh. I mean it could be you know a bathroom break or something that it's okay you know then you're back to your normal pace but yeah it's it, it's <laughs> cruel it's a very cruel race it's torture so you're taking part in then they have a global satellite backyard event that's happening. Yeah, yeah, still need to see how that works because, you know, obviously not, I mean, it's nice to have everybody on the same course running the exact same thing. So I don't know how that works between, you know, if yeah. you're running in the desert as opposed to running in a... Because it's not apples know, for apples now, really. That's the problem. Ex exactly. Um, and I, yeah, it's, it's too bad, but, mm. you know, it's a weird year, I mean, for everybody, so... So, so fingers crossed next year then we sort of have a similar sort of lineup because it could have went on. That was the exciting thing. So what I've sort of noticed over the last couple of years, everybody's learning about the format of the backyard and how to apply themselves to that. So everybody's learning off each other over the last like three, four years and it's coming to that pinnacle. And this like October was the pinnacle of that. And yeah, like, we mean, talk about yeah, the I mean, 300 mile mark. It could have been anything. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how that's, they've done what they've done. It's just, cause you know, I was at work and you, you know, you wake up, you go to work, <laughs> you launch your browser and you check, you're like, oh, they're running. Okay. It's Monday. I'm still running. And then you go, you know, lunchtime, you check again, they're still running. And then it's like night night time, you go to bed and like, my God, they're still running. It's yeah. The, the sleep deprivation is hard. I mean, for me, it's very, very hard. I mean, I have a, I need I need to sleep. I mean, most people need to sleep, but some people need to sleep less than me. And it's very hard to keep doing it and keep doing it. And there's no break. You know, there's a break, but it's very short. Yeah, my feeling was that was going to make or break it this year. Was who can sort of tie down that power nap, if you like, or that how you rest your eyes in between. Even Maggie was resting her eyes for those five minutes, and that was a cumulative sort of rest. Like and the likes of Johan Steen has it. Team. I mean, I mean, Johan is amazing. Yeah, when he was doing it, I was like, "How can you not sleep?" When it's, I mean, when I did it, it was like, "Yeah, the trick is like I would finish in 50 minutes, I would eat for a few minutes, and then you know, go on a chair, close my eyes, and try to sleep." I mean, you know, I wouldn't call it sleeping, but there are a few times where, you know, I was telling people to wake me up because I may not wake mm -hmm. up. I mean, even though it's only five minutes, you know, but it does help you know five minutes here and five minutes there and 12 hours is an hour sleep yep yeah it's uh and the same thing when i did the 48 the the biggest challenge was sleeping i mean or not, was not sleeping i would say or, or taking a 10 minute break where you know you you because the clock is ticking so you just sit close your eyes put a you know put a blanket close your eyes 10 minutes then you wake up and then you you go again and uh, it, for me it's it's the hardest part yeah. you came first in that event didn't you 
Uh, which one? Sorry. The 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, I've got the yeah, I've got the American Oi code. So, yeah. <laughs> so how far was that? Uh, I did 262 miles. Jeez. So 10 miles on yeah, it's um, that was probably I, w- I would think it's my my toughest race. I mean, the the lack of sleep was was insane. I mean, it was my my first one and my the second night was a nightmare. It was I mean, not sleeping for me. It's I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's hard. Did you hallucinate much? I did at the end, yeah. I mean, I, l- 2 a.m. the next night, because the first night I took a 10-minute nap, and then you run the next day, and then you reach, you know, the next second night, and mentally you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to? It's dark. And at 2 a.m., uh, you know, it's the same loop that you keep doing, and at some point you can start seeing stuff that didn't exist. And, you know, there was a sign. I was like, you think it's some, some animal or some branches or, like, you know, staring at you. And at that point, I was reaching my lowest point ever. And all I wanted to do was sleep. I mean, uh, I was, I even quit. I mean, I, I reached the, the end of the loop and I say, hey, I want to quit. I'm done. I, this is, I cannot do. I just want to go to the hotel, you know, find a bed and sleep. And then my crew uh, was like, no, you're not quitting. You're just, you're going to keep running. And... Uh, and I was like, no, 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 I just want to quit. I'm done. This is stupid. I just, I need to sleep. I'm tired. He's like, no, 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 you're going to keep running. So I go talk to the race director. And I was like, you know what? I just want to quit. I mean, it's a good race, but I'm, I just, all I want to do is quit. And he's like, no, 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 no. As soon as the sun comes, you're going to be better. You're going to feel great. You know, at 2 a.m. when the sun is like, you know, four hours later. And I'm like, four hours is a long time. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, I'm doing one more lap. So, you know, you start, you start moving, walking, running. And then you reach the other side of the, the aid station. And it's in the park. So, you know, reach the other side where nobody can see you. And you see, I, I was seeing like some grass. And I was like, you know what? Nobody wants me to quit. I could just like lay down on the grass, close my eyes, and I would sleep until the morning. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be the happiest guy on earth. It would be like, close my eyes and sleep on the ground, you know? And then I was like, uh, you know, it's Florida. And, you know, you don't think straight. I was like, it's Florida. Do they have crocodiles here? You don't want to be like, <laughs> like stupid thing that you start thinking when you haven't slept for, you know, 36 hours. And then I kept running. And at some point they gave me some caffeine or, you know, some uh, Red Bull or something like that. And then the sun came. I was like, Oh, well, okay, I can do this. You know, it was weird. It's weird. The body's weird. You, your mind and your body is just, it's a weird thing. How, how but, does that uh, uh, affect the races that come after that then? Because you go into such a deep, dark place. Like your 48 hours there, as you were saying there, that was as deep as you've ever gone. Um, does that help you then in other races? Kind of. The, I mean, for the, yeah, for the 24 now, I'm like, oh, you know, it's only 24. I, I can do it. <laughs> Uh, but I, yeah, 48, I, I still have, I'm still dreading the second night because I know how painful it was. Mm. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's going to be dark. It's going to be the lowest point of your life. It's going to be like really, really, really hard. And you kind of anticipate it. You know, you're like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard. I mean, 
now I've got more experience. So I've seen the sun come a few more times, at least for the 24 hour. And I know that my body wakes up. Okay. You know, even when you reach the lowest point, now I know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know how long the tunnel is, but I know there is a light. And I know that if I get, you know, if I keep eating, if I get caffeine, if I get the right stuff, I, I can be, I can keep moving. Yeah. But, but no, seriously, the not sleeping is, I mean, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's a torture thing. It's, not, it's not something you can train for, like, and you are right, the torture years ago, that's what they used for torture. So, I mean, yeah, it's illegal. I mean, you cannot prevent <laughs> people from sleeping. It's, it, I can see how it would drive you nuts. I mean, I, I can see how if you, wake up someone every time the guy tries to fall asleep you would go crazy i mean all i can think of was like please i would give you anything just let me sleep i mean it was just i would beg people to let me sleep you know when did you find so, out that you'd broken the record then was it yeah i mean the, i mean the big goal obviously you know when you know because i i was going for the record okay. you know that was my goal at the beginning of the race so you know, you can lament and you can cry on yourself in the middle of the night, but you're like, and at, the, at that time I was still on track, you know, because I was, you know, I had a plan. I was, I was like, you know, if I keep walking, I should be able to break this thing. But then I, you start walking not straight, you know, I was like zigzagging. I was like falling asleep while walking. And at that point, you're like, you know, if I keep walking straight, I can do it. But if I just like stumble, then you start calculating and you're like, oh my God, I'm not moving fast enough, you know, because you have the, the target was the previous record. And you're like, if I keep moving at this pace, I'm good. It's pretty easy. I know I need to do four miles an hour. You know, it's, it's okay. I can do it. You know, walking four miles is fine. And then you start zigzagging on this, on the thing. And then you, you see stuff, you see trees and, I don't know, you imagine animals like lurking in the dark and you're like, I cannot do it. I need to take a 10 minute nap. And then you take a 10 minute nap and you're like, I lost 10 minutes. You know, my, my calculation is now off because I lost, you know, half a mile or whatever, like a three quarter of a mile and you need to move and you start moving. And then two hours later, you feel tired again. So, but yeah, in the end, back of your mind, you still have the goal and you're like, okay, I'm going to go for the record. I'm going to keep pushing. In the end, it turned out okay, but... Yeah. But you but do need to, you need to have something, don't you? Like your crew was instrumental there by t giving you a kick up the ass. Yeah, the funny thing, I mean, yeah, if we want to open my crew, my crew was my girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, she's my girlfriend still, but the funny thing is like, I met her like three weeks before the race and we went on a couple of dates, you know, like, we went on a couple of days and we talked and it's like, what do you do at the end of the month? And I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to run for 48 hours. And I'm thinking of getting the American record, which is, I think, a good pickup line that very, very few people, I mean, I, I assume very few people have used that one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going for the, you know, trying to get the American record. And she's like, okay, I'm going to come. And I mean, she's like, do you have a crew? I was like, no, I don't have a crew. I just fly there, run, grab something at the aid station and keep running. And hopefully I'll do well. And she's like, oh, I'm going to come and crew for you. Which initially was like, oh, it's a great idea. Because, you know, I have someone to help me because yeah. it helps. 
And then I thought, uh, as a date, it's probably, you know, I don't think like ultra runners are very sexy running. You know, you'll be sweating, you'll be grumpy, you'll be tired. And I you was don't like, care, like, you just don't care about anything at all. Yeah, you just, you know, she's going to see me like the, the worst day of my life. You know, I'd be like cranky, tired, uh, you know, I, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. It's not the food I want. It's, you know, you know how it goes. And, and in the end, she, she came and she she was amazing. I mean, I would not have done it without her. I mean, she was like, because you just do a loop and you know that someone is there for you. And then when I would take a 10 minute nap, I didn't really think about it, but it's good to have someone wake you up, you know, <laughs> because I, I could I, I could close my eyes and I could uh, not worry about oh, what happens if I don't wake up because I mean, the, the first night, the first night when I took a nap, I did fall asleep. I mean, even though it was only 10 minutes, mm. I mean, if she hadn't, you know, pushed me, I would have slept for an hour, you know, even though it's not, you know, you're on a chair with a blanket on top of you. I would not have, I would have slept. I mean, it was like the best sleep of my life. <laughs> so yeah, the crew is, I mean, yeah, the crew is amazing. You know, if you, if you can have a, a good crew, it helps. Same thing, she came for Worlds in Albi, like uh, in last October. I mean, she was amazing. I mean, she, every lap, you know that. I mean, and she knows me now. So she knows that, you know, if my face is looking funny, she's going to give me some food or some gel or some water or something. As opposed to if you're running by yourself and nobody cares what you're doing and you reach the aid station and you're all by yourself and, and you're thinking about quitting, and you know, crew is is a big part of running. You know, the longer the race, obviously. Yeah. One amazing thing there, just looking at your, just to sort of finish, Oliver, is um, like, if you don't mind me saying, is your age. And I'm 45, and I'm not pushing out this, but like endurance, and you see the likes of Ian Keith, who is winning the likes of UTMB, and you know, it's a t it's a totally different period that we're going into and a totally different belief system that we're starting to see with people just going, their endurance seems to be holding on. You know, people right over 50 years of age um, and just getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, I mean, uh, running is a nice sport because, yeah, at 48 or 47, I could still go to a world championship. And I was like, how many sports can you do at 48 where you're, st you know, you're still considered good, you know? Competitive. If you look at soccer, you know, 30, 30 years old, that's it. I mean, you're, you're still okay, but you're, you're declining. I mean, most sports, but yeah, the longer the distance, because it's not just physical. I mean, you, like, like we talked about, it's not mm. just that it's, there's the mental aspect. There is the experience. There is how you're going to handle the low points. And you can have, you can, you can be a 220 marathoners, but if uh, because you're used to go fast and you're used to always run and if you do a hundred mile and you have a low point and you start walking you're going to think i'm done i mean I, I cannot run you know because you've never you've never had that in your life but experience is a know, key thing isn't it is a key thing yeah and you're going to know what to do i mean i mean hopefully you know you learn mm -hmm. every race you're, you're learning and, and that is the key thing and uh and if you look at bigs yeah, it, speed doesn't 
I don't think it matters a lot. I mean, as long as you can, you know, obviously be faster than four mile an hour. But after that, it's, it's such a mental strength. Format, yeah, there is no it? point. There is no point having the fastest leg of the race. I mean, it does help, but not. I mean, not that much. Uh, it's all mental and your crew, your experience, and how you deal with difficulties you know like don't wait until it's too late if your socks are wet and you feel like you should get a new pair just get a new pair i mean you where you it's going to take you 30 seconds but then you feel better so yeah i mean that's a nice part i mean if you, yeah, if you look at the the scene i mean a lot of people i mean i mean now i'm looking at the you know when i'm in the starting line i see like last 100 miler i did the, the winner was 25 I was like, this wow. guy could be my son, you know. So <laughs> it's a, it's a, it starts to be a big gap, but uh, but yeah, I mean the, the number of people who are in their forties mm -hmm. and they're still going on is amazing. I did a CCC last year, and I was surprised to see the average age was forty-one years of age. Oh wow! Yeah. It's... Are there any races out there that you haven't done yet that you would like to do? I mean, this year, yeah, I mean, right now, I'm like, as you know, like you said, I'm getting old. So my uh, window of uh, <laughs> being decent is I didn't closing. say you're getting old. I said you're the same age as me. <laughs> uh, no, you're, you're still young. No, I'm getting old. Like, I'm, like I say, you know, when I'm in the starting line, I, or when I'm a, a trust sign up and I look at the, the entrance, before I was like, you know, average age, you know, and now I'm like looking and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm like the oldest guy on this, or you know. So no, I, my plan was uh, to do another 48 because I think I can. I think I can do better than what I did. I'm not. There is no guarantee, but I think I could maybe squeeze in a few yards. A uh, hundred miler, you know. I, I was. I need a flat hundred miles and then go as fast as I can. Uh, because I've got the edge group record and I want it's okay, it's not the best. I think I can I can do better. So do you just are you at that stage and you just don't feel that you've reached what your full potential is? is oh, I'm, I'm no, I'm very happy with what I've done. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, when I started running, and you know, like I said, like we talked at the beginning, like the first marathon where I was having cramps and walking. Yeah, no, no, there's no question in that. And like, then, then I look at what I've done and I'm like, eh, you know what? At my age, it's okay. It's 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 okay. It's decent. Not you know. It's I'm not professional. I'm not. I'm slow, but but you hold the 48 hour record, USA record. Um, you'd like to go back and try and because you know you could do a little bit better th in that when nobody has done yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like any any. It's not just a record. Like any race, you know. If you go, if you do, you know, if you were to leave, you know, this podcast and go around 5k. Tomorrow you can say, "Hey, I can do the exact same thing, but maybe do, you know, one second faster." You know, it doesn't matter how far you go, how I mean, how fast you went, or you cannot always hope to do a little bit faster. But I mean, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not planning to do ten miles faster. But yeah. uh, you what know, about the likes? What about the likes of the Barclay or something like that? Does that attract you? No. I, I, First, I get lost all the time. So. <laughs> That's one key aspect, isn't it? Like navigation. Yeah. You give me a, you know, when I do a race in the forest where you have markers everywhere, 
you know, like a well-marked race where they put, you know, the race directors, they put fly, you know, little uh, chem lights. Yeah, and it's, yeah. You cannot get lost. I still get lost. <laughs> so, because, you know, either because I'm talking to someone, because, you know, you're just side by side and you're talking and like, ah, what are you doing, blah, blah. And then we miss a turn. <laughs> and at some point, it's like, hey, have you seen a marker? He's like, no, I thought you were paying attention. I was like, no. And then you have to go back. So, yeah, Barkley would be, I think it would get lost after, yeah. you know, 30 minutes. <laughs> Probably would never find me again. You know, I'd be like, but, and, and, I, and uh, I'm more like into running as opposed to finding my way or hiking or something. I mean, may, maybe, you know, I get frustrated when I, when I walk. I don't know. It's one aspect of me. Like I never, and when I start run, uh, walking, I get all negative because I'm like, all the other guys are running. I'm the only one walking. And I'm like, why are you so weak? Why are you walking? It's, you know, it's flat or whatever. It's like a very small climb. Any other day, you should be able to, to go up. And I get all negative and I'm like, ah, I don't like this. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, in terms of race, I mean, UTMB would be good because it's UTMB. But like I said, I, I'm in a city where, you know, the biggest climb I have is, uh, I don't know, 20 meters high, you know? <laughs> so, so training for it would be very high. I mean, I've been to Chamonix and I've, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, just run, even running it for fun must be amazing. But that is a huge challenge. Want... It's a huge challenge for people, isn't it? When the the country they live in is flat. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't want to go there for just a death march, you know. It's yeah. like because it's you have to train for it. I mean, just the altitude. I mean, I, I can see when I go there and I run. I get out of breath. I mean, just it's not it's not it's high, but not that high. But you can still feel it. Mm. I mean, because you know, I'm I don't know where I am now. It's like close to sea level you know it's, it's a big change when you when you go to the alps and um but yeah that, obviously that's one of the the iconic race it's the one that every, everybody knows about yeah extremely hard to get into now have you any big race a races then listed for next year uh next year i'll go to 24 hour worlds i mean if it happens but yeah i'm um I'm part of Team USA, so I have a spot. So I'll be I'll be 49, and I'll still be part of the team. I'll be the old guy in the team. I don't know. The experienced guy in the team, that is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or the other young kids would be like, Ooh, what this guy is still doing in the team? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I, um, uh, last year was pretty well. I mean, I did pretty well, so I, I got a spot. And I'm very grateful because that would be my third time or fourth time, fourth time there. Brilliant. So I'm like, that'd be that'd be my A goal, obviously. You know, you, you know, you have six spots and you're basically taking somebody's spot. So you have to train for it, and you have to respect it's, it's, respect it's, that. It's yeah, it's special. I mean, because you know, most of the races you run by yourself, and you know, you do well, you don't, and nobody cares. Here you have individual medals and you have the team where they take the top three of each team so even if you don't you know if even if you're not at the top of the you know if you don't finish near the top you can be you can still be number three in your team and it counts 
So it gives you an incentive to keep moving, even though you know you, you may be not where you want it to be. Yeah, the team, the team aspect is is unique. It must yeah. give you a lot more mental strength then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, that's you have more pressure, or you put more pressure yeah. on you. You don't want to let everybody down. To be honest, you know, when you go to a local race, I mean, you, you do well. You go back to work on Monday. You're like, oh, I did a hundred miles. And like, okay, sure. Um, I mean, most of the time, I mean, initially they were like, oh, great. How many days did it take you? We're like, no, no, it was a, it was a one event by myself. You know, it's like you, you always get the response, a hundred miles. Like I wouldn't drive my car that far. <laughs> exactly. Or, or it's like, oh, it was a relay. Uh, how many miles did you run? I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I, I run a hundred miles. The whole time, um, but yeah, when it's when it's you know world championship, you put pressure on yourself and you have a team. Like I said, you know you're you're basically taking a spot from someone who would dream to join the team, and you know you have to respect that. You, you have to do your best. That's excellent, Oliver. We're going to wrap it up at that. I think we've done a good job there today off the cuff <laughs> I, exactly. could t- I could talk about running all day long um it's absolutely phenomenal how well you've done and all the podiums that you've had like it's great to have an insight into your journey and what works and what doesn't work um, no, th- thank you for what you're doing actually yeah it's great i mean the sport is growing it's been growing for the past few years and it's just not just runners it's you know runners but you have the crews you have the, the race directors the volunteers people doing podcasts. I mean, the more people are here, but this crazy stuff of running, you know, crazy distance. I think it's great. Yeah, there was, I, I, I was, there was one month there, we did a podcast on 100 mile running. And I got loads of messages asking me how to do this and how to do that and 100 mile races. And I was like, oh, I signed up for my first 100 mile race because of that bloody podcast. It was all your fault. And I'm like, well, I haven't done 100 miles yet, so fool you. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, though. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. It's coming. Oliver, thanks very much. I'm actually going to just um, release this now. So I'm going to put it up now in about 20 minutes. Um, I'm going to have to edit, edit that little bit out. But <laughs> apart from that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's two edits I've got to do now. Thanks. Right, Oliver, I appreciate that. I, I know how much time I took. So thank you. No, no, that's fine. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I just love these episodes where I just open up the laptop, no preparation at all, and just talk everything about running. Olivia has built up a lot of experience over the last few years and has paid dividends, seeing him take many podiums and breaking the USA 48-hour record, which must have been a special moment in his career. This episode has been released on YouTube, so why not follow the Inspirational Runner to view it? But for those of us who like to listen on the move, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and other platforms that I haven't even heard of. We also have the Inspirational Runner podcast Facebook group, so why not join us there, where you'll get further detail on the runners you're finding in the show. We have Galen Reynolds up next, winner of 2019 Dragons Back Race which is one of my A races for next year. 380 kilometers, 17 and a half thousand meters of vert in six days. So make sure you tune in. Until next week, stay safe and keep on moving.